Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. A tall, regal woman rides up in a chariot. She wears a thick cloak over a tunic woven in a multicolored plaid pattern. Her long, gleaming hair cascades down to her hips. A huge gold necklace snakes around her collarbones. She raises aloft a spear in one hand, and with the other she gestures to the two young women standing behind her in the chariot. Her voice, the rough, strong voice of a commander, peals forth. Neighbors, allies, kin, the Roman invaders have violated my daughter. They have disdained my authority. They have forced all of us into servitude to their own profit. I am Boudicca, Queen of the Iceni. Join me to take back our freedom and to take revenge. We're back and uh, we are going to have kind of a first for the show at least. Somebody has requested a character for us to talk about. Utica. Yes. I get a ton of emails, mm-hmm. you know, all the time about people that, you know, I should be writing about. And I like it. And I like that when some badass thing comes out in the news, I can turn on my computer and I have five emails of people sending me that same news story being like, this is what you should talk about this week. And mm-hmm. and that's great. I love it. But you said you were talking to a colleague or a friend or somebody who wanted us to give us a suggestion. Yeah, I was talking to a friend slash colleague. Yeah. And 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 the friend slash colleague said, Hey, Boudicca! Like it was just a spontaneous reaction. But but the thing is, why should one get excited about Boudicca? Well, Boudicca's awesome <laughs> for starter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite details of Boudicca is that where you see the pictures that are taken of Big Ben and the Houses of Parliament in London. There's that bridge. Mm-hmm. There's a big statue of Boudicca on a chariot being pulled by a bunch of horses. It's gold. It's like giant and very, very grand. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who has a giant statue dedicated to them in a city with which they are famous for burning to the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you're coming here already knowing who Boudicca is and being psyched to like, yes, hear about about Boudicca. And maybe you're one of today's 10,000 who get to learn about Boudicca for the first time. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a first century barbarian queen who really was among the most badass women in history. I, I wrote a whole chapter on her on one of my in one of my badass books. Uh, and it's it was one of my favorite ones to research and write. So the word barbarian, it's comes from a Greek word, barbaros, which simply means someone who doesn't speak Greek because like speaking a foreign language just sounded like bar, 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 bar. Shit, so we're all barbarians, except you, because you do speak ancient Greek, right? <laughs> well, okay, yeah. What, you know, but, you know, words change over time, and it kind of became this, like, you know, big Hulk and brood, like, oh, oh. But the thing is, with with Boudicca, I feel like calling um, Boudicca and her people barbarians, uh, if you use that in the pejorative sense, is a little unfair, because they had a well-developed civilization, and, like, you know, it's just they happened to not be Romans at the time, so. 
out. Yeah. So I should stipulate that I never use the word barbarian in a pejorative sense. I always okay, use yeah, it in, I, I, in yeah, a yeah, sense yeah, in which yeah. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that is, I did had no idea that that was based off bar, bar, bar. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, welcome back. And uh, so, Pat, we are going to get into our first ever requested badass. Uh, we're going to talk about Boudicca. So if you uh, rewind about 2,000 years to the year 43, that's when uh, the Roman Emperor Claudius had conquered the island of Britain. And this was a thing that the Romans had been trying to do for a while. And, you know, it was not easy for the Romans to do. So big ups to the Britons for you know, holding their ground and standing up to the Roman invaders. And you have different tribes of Britons. And when I say Britons, I mean indigenous people who live in Britannia, the British Isles. Within that, you've got a whole bunch of different tribes, nations, peoples, whatever. Anyway, each of these groups of people had found different ways to relate to Rome. And some of them were putting up resistance. Some of them were like, eh, okay, we'll find, a, we'll find a way of getting along. And one of these uh, nations, one of these tribes was the Iceni. This is the tribe that Boudicca belongs to. Now, Boudicca's husband, King Prasudacus, was a quote-unquote ally of Rome, which meant that eh, he'd found a way to get along with the Romans. What that meant was, well, they would pretty much leave the Iceni alone. We see it a lot in the Roman Empire with which, like, yep. they just, they can't manage, they're, it's 
whatever we're looking at 40 AD, right? So like, yeah, you can't manage an empire on the scale that they're managing from Rome when it's not like you could email the frontier and be like, hey, can you just like do this for me? Like you had to send a guy on a horse uh-huh. and it took him three months or whatever. Yeah. So this worked out for a while. But, you know, no one lives forever. And Prasutagus, you know, he's contemplating his own mortality. And Prasutagus said, okay, I'm going to leave my kingdom jointly to my two daughters and to the emperor of Rome, who happened to be Nero at the time. Who's famously like easy to get along with. (laughs) Yeah. So the thing is, I, I should say that in these days, Making the emperor a co-heir with the people you would actually expect to be your heirs was actually kind of standard operating procedure among, you know, wealthy elite Romans. Okay, yeah, because with this story, I've come across it a few times to where, like, it was weird and nobody knew how to deal with it. Like, it was a really weird setup for him to say, like, oh, the emperor of Rome and also my daughters. Yeah. And, like, I get where one is coming from because... By the time you get to Nero, the emperor has a particular personality and particular hangups and agenda and whatever. So if you leave part of your estate to the emperor, it's a way of pacifying the emperor and kind of paying the emperor to like basically stay out of the hair of your actual daughters, sons, whatever. So you have these internal affairs where, you know, they they're, they leave people alone in the details. On the other hand, the Romans had several garrisons stationed in various towns, including the town of Camlodunum. This will become relevant later. And at Camlodunum, there, you know, the Romans build stuff. You have the Romans putting up a statue of victory. You have the Romans putting up a, a temple to the deified Emperor Claudius with a statue of the Emperor Claudius. And is this cool <laughs> with the Britons? The Iceni come to an agreement. You know, they, they're, they're not conquered per se, but they have this agreement. Don't we have a deal with the Romans? Of course we have a deal. They get out of the way of the internal administration of our kingdom. We look the other way on that statue of the deified Emperor Claudius. Right. And this kind of predates Hadrian's Wall as well, which ended yes. up later on yeah. being a very clear line of demarcation of like, yes. you know, here ends civilization, uh-huh. you know, here ends Roman civilization, I should say. Roman civilization, and, yes. Yeah, and yeah, this, yeah. you kind of have like a little bit of a gray area because it is like we mm-hmm. just said, like it's hard to administer an empire on this island, you know, full of people who, if they all decided simultaneously they didn't want to be Roman anymore, it wouldn't be very easy to uh, to keep them in line. Exactly, yeah. Which is also foreshadowing, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So the ICD, yes, they have a quote-unquote agreement with Rome. But on the other hand, they do kind of have a history of rebelling against Rome. And then Prasutagus dies. Um, he leaves this situation which on paper looks okay but it's actually not. Right. And you said it was kind of common for, which I didn't know before, but it was like more or less like kind of a, a thing that wealthy Romans would do, but it wasn't common for frontier tribal kings to do. And so I kind of like the idea that this guy was like trying to like be fancy about it, yeah, but in yeah. the process accidentally like fucked his own people pretty severely. <laughs> so there's Prasitagus and okay, I'll just I'll just be clear. I mean, I'm a human being. I, 
you know, like I pretend to be objective, but the thing is I'm rooting for the Britons here. That was one thing that surprised me a lot when we started doing this because you were the, the Roman historian and the Latin speaker and all of that, but you always kind yeah. of side with the under, you always side with like the, the rebels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I grew up with like the first wave of Star Wars fans. So <laughs> I'm on, you know, Team Luke Skywalker versus the Empire. You know, just because you study something doesn't mean you endorse it. I, I'm Team Boudicca also, yeah. Boudicca yeah. also. So yeah. let's, let's, um, we're, we can go all in on that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. So Prasutagus dies and the arrangement that they had with Rome falls apart. And the Iceni are like, we had an agreement. And Rome's like, eh. So at the time, uh, Rome had two governors. There's this guy, Suetonius Paulinus. There's this other guy, Decianus Catus. And Boudicca, who is the widow of the former king, Prasutagus, she takes the leadership of the Iceni. And the Iceni are like, yeah, cool. Yeah, whatever. Because gender is not an issue when you're talking about leadership among the Celts living in the British Isles at this time. But the Romans don't really recognize her authority. Right. That old, like, no girls allowed rule that we run into a lot in history. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of me is wondering, like, is it specifically because she was a woman or were they using her gender as like an excuse to not recognize her authority? I think mostly it's that Rome wanted just to plunder and pillage and, and exert their dominance over when they yeah. hit them while they're weak before their new ruler has had a chance to consolidate, right? Yeah. So whatever the stated reasons, whatever the actual reasons, they flog Boudicca and they rape her daughters. And Boudicca is not the queen that you should have been fucking with because she does not yep. just, nope. just say, no, okay, no, no, no. you guys do the charge now. <laughs> yeah. She lives for revenge. Yeah. It's the beginning of a lot of good action movies, right? You know, a lot of like Kill Bill kind of starts like this too it's like mm -hmm. they show up they kind of they they think they've got you beat and then you're just like okay mm -hmm. i'm gonna get revenge if it's the last thing i do <laughs> yeah yeah so Boudica, she doesn't take a sword she picks up a spear and she hops on a chariot and she gathers together not just the iceni but also warriors from other neighboring nations who were allies with the Iceni, who maybe had been kind of looking for an excuse to kind of, they, they'd been kind of thinking about revolting one way or another. And, and like culturally, ethnically, demographically, in, in religiously, in every way you can imagine, all of the people in the neighboring tribes are much more similar to Boudicca than they are to Nero. Oh, totally. right? They are much more related to the Iceni. Yeah. Like maybe they hate them because they have these, you know, long lasting like blood feuds between families and tribal warfare and all this stuff. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, like I speak this guy's language and I don't speak Latin, right? Like I, I, uh -huh. I, I have the yeah. same gods as Boudicca, but yeah. I don't worship. I'm, I'm not loving this statue to the deified Emperor Claudius. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, we hate each other, but we're neighbors. Yeah. But nobody can mess with him except me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Prasitagus is dead. Boudicca takes charge. She's haranguing the troops. And both Tacitus and Cassius Dio, both are, you know, uh, Latin speaking and Greek speaking Roman sources. They describe this, you know, they describe her speech. So Cassius Dio describes her appearance in stature. She was very tall in appearance, most terrifying. She was wearing clothing of many colors, 
might have been some sort of plaid, like a tartan, maybe. She was wearing a thick cloak over this, which was fastened with uh, a pin with a brooch, which might have been one of those famous pieces of gold jewelry that the Celts were so famous for. And uh, her hair cascaded down to her hips. Uh, Bodica's eyes had this fierce look to them. And her voice was harsh. So none of our written sources have a verbatim eyewitness account of her speech, but it was kind of standard operating procedure in those days to kind of write the speech of the sort that the person probably gave. So I'm going to give you the too long didn't read version. Bodica from her chariot with her long flowing tresses grabbing a spear to the Iceni and the Trinovantes and all the other nations who have sent soldiers, who have sent warriors to fight. Bodica says, my peeps, those wimp-ass Romans, NBD, no big deal. They think they run the place, but we are so much better ass than they. And that's why we should win. Also, it's our land and we're defending it. And the Romans are being jerks about it. And, you know, she says, Stuff like the Romans. Okay, they've been here long enough that maybe some of you have forgotten what freedom is like. Maybe you've gotten used to slavery. Are the Romans braver than us? No. Are they stronger than us? Also, no. They hide behind armor and helmets. They hide behind palisades. They hide in trenches. When they have the upper hand, do they capture us? No. We elude them. We slip away into the landscape. We disappear into the swamps. We disappear into the mountains. They can't handle the heat. They can't handle the cold. They need all the trappings of civilization. We will eat these doofuses for breakfast. That's Boudicca's speech. I might have paraphrased a little bit, but she rallies the troops and General Boudicca, and I'm calling her General Boudicca because she is leading an army. She leads her folks on to Colchester, which is the modern name of Kamaladunum. We have a Britain king who did great service to the emperor and did everything that the Roman Empire required of him. He dies of natural causes and bequeaths the empire to his, his daughters. Nero decides he doesn't like that, or at least the local Roman government decides they don't like that. They decide they're going to come in there. They're going to beat up this guy's wife. They're going to do bad things to his daughters. They're going to exert, like, show their dominance over these people. And uh, these people don't like having Romans exert their dominance over them. And they don't think they need these guys anymore. And and Bodica grabs her spear and she jumps up on the on the chariot and she gives this speech. And all of these big, angry, long-haired, barbarian in a good way, Britons decide they are going to fucking burn some shit. <laughs> now, on the other hand, one of the two governors of the province of Britannia, Decianus Catus, based in Londinium, which is modern-day London, he catches wind of this impending attack on Camelodunum, and he doesn't take it seriously. He just sends 200 guys. That's it, 200. Now, 200 is like a lot if you're, I don't know, organizing a pickleball tournament. <laughs> but if you're trying to defend your town from a bunch of Britons who are angry with very good reason and have, you know, pointy objects that they're going to throw at you and injure you with, yeah, this is not a serious response. 
he either didn't get the memo or he didn't take the memo seriously. Or he had no idea that there was some, something on the order of 20,000 angry Britons coming to burn Colchester. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did not appreciate what he was up against. Cassius Dio says 120,000, which is probably an exaggeration, but... Well, one thing that comes up, that's the thing that comes up a lot with the Roman sources where they kind of... It's interesting because it's like, did he exaggerate it or was like, we have talked about before, like, yeah. they are migrating with everybody. So it's not just mm -hmm. the warriors that are marching south on Colchester. It yeah. is all of the tribe, the women, the children, the the horses, mm -hmm. the wagon train, everything. So like, yeah. there might be like, everybody's mad and they are all coming together. And and there might have been 120,000 people, probably significantly less than yeah. that, but they weren't all combatants probably either. No, they weren't all combatants. But on the other hand, maybe more people were combatants than the Romans might have thought. Mm -hmm. Also, because, I mean, clearly Boudicca can be general. So um, Boudicca, General Boudicca and her army uh, lays siege to Camelodunum for about two days. Some of the Romans who are in the city take refuge in the temple. Now, remember, this is the temple. This is not just the temple of like gods. This is the temple of the deified Emperor Claudius. So it's like extra Roman. They fit in there because those 200 dudes are long dead and the Iceni mm -hmm. and their allies are just rampaging through town, <laughs> yep. plundering and killing mm -hmm. and murdering and destroying and setting everything on fire. And it's just yeah. a, it's and these guys are hiding in the temple because they're just hoping for a divine intervention from their fallen emperor to save them from the wrath of Bodica. And <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Nope. Bodica sets fire to the city. And we have archaeological evidence that Camelodunum, there was a there is a fire destruction level. We have evidence for that. There's like, I think they call it like the Bodica line when they're like They do when they're digging yes. foundations today when they are digging foundations mm -hmm. for a new building in the city of colchester there is like a thin line of like orange dirt in the ground that you can dig down yes. to which is just like this was all that was left of the roman settlement here after bodico yeah. was through with yeah. it <laughs> yeah she melted the entire thing into an orange paste that is still visibly it's like a geological strata now of rock mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Live your life so that archaeologists of the future will name a stratum after you. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd think that would be the end of things. No, it's not. She ravages Londinium. She ravages Verulamium, which is the modern day town of St. Albans in Hertfordshire, if you're looking on a map. She ravages Londinium, which is London. I've heard of it. <laughs> You've heard of it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they were not like she yeah. kind of massacred something on the order of like tens of thousands of people that live there. Yeah. yeah. Burned the place to the ground, pulled all the rocks apart, like destroyed the temples, yeah. set everything on fire, killed anybody she could get her hands on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I had heard a story and I don't know how true it is, but like they had killed so many people in the first couple of cities they had sacked that by the time they got to Londinium and started fighting like more cohesive Roman forces, they would throw severed heads at them to demoralize them before they'd attack. 
That's cool. I've come across some pretty grisly stuff. Bodica and her people were, according to the sources, were capable of some pretty grisly treatment of people they took as captives. A lot of human sacrifice stuff you hear about with them. Yeah, human sacrifice stuff. Yeah. The Romans do attribute human sacrifice to basically anybody who isn't Roman, which may or may not have been true. Ooh. I don't know. So yeah, so Bodica, who is kind of one of the OG badasses of the British Isles, she just lays waste to three different Roman towns. You know, the Romans had the unmitigated temerity to come over to Britain and establish settlements one way or the other. And one, two, three, she just, bam, trashes them. And one thing we haven't really touched on too much is that like, yeah, like Bodica is rampaging through like, cities and destroying these settlements and things, but these settlements are defended by Roman forces, right? They, Londinium mm -hmm. wasn't, there were 200 guys that got sent to the to the frontier that got killed and- Yeah, at Camelodunum, yeah. But Londinium was defended by a legion, right? Yeah. Legio uh -huh. 9 Hispania was there and Bodica and her people overwhelmed like a battle-hardened, experienced Roman legion. Yeah. They outnumbered them something on the order of 10 to 1 or 20 to 1 or something if you something like that yeah if you believe yeah. the 120,000 people number but like you know they had the advantage of, in numbers but this was a trained disciplined roman legion mm -hmm. operating on the frontier and they they got crushed yeah. and were mostly annihilated yeah and so now Paulinus is here. The other governor has run away. The guy who ordered that, guy. that Bodica be flogged and all her people like pay their yeah. taxes with interest. That guy was just like he was out of there two seconds after he figured out after after he heard the news that they'd burned uh -huh. a couple yeah. cities to the ground. He's like, I'm yeah. out of here. I'm not going to stick around. <laughs> yeah, I got I hear my mom calling from Rome. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Do -do -do. And so now you end up with Paulinus, who's just kind of got. I mean, his army is just the remnants of these smashed legions. He suddenly becomes the underdog in this story, where like he was the yeah. he was the big bad imperial warrior, yeah. like some destroying druidic temples, and now yeah. he's got like five thousand or so Romans who are all that are left of these like annihilated garrisons and legions, and he's facing down this monster force of like. Britain tribes people who are maybe getting mm -hmm. a little overzealous with their, you know, plundering and killing and burning and murdering and destroying and human sacrificing. <laughs> and he decides, like, we're going to have to have a showdown here and we're going to have to have a battle mm -hmm. to, yeah. to settle this kind of once and for all. And we'll get into that battle after we get back from this message. But you should stick around for it because it's uh, it's exciting. Yes. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. 
chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Rooms have been losing so often and so severely, right? A legion was destroyed, which is not yeah. like a common thing for the Romans, right? Yeah. You can count on one hand in like a thousand years how many Roman legions were lost in battle, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bodica's destroyed one of those. She's ransacked several major cities in the islands. So things are not going well. And mm-hmm. Paulinus decides like he's got to fight these guys or... You know, this is this is it, right? If, yeah. If we want to yeah. continue having Roman um, dominance on the islands, which which dates back to Julius Caesar's landing, right? One thing that he has working for him is that the Iceni at this point are a little overconfident, which they have every right to be. They have they've trashed three cities, you know. They've trashed three cities. Yeah. They've destroyed a legion. There's yeah. eighty thousand of them, and there's yeah. five thousand of Polinius's uh-huh. guys, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like they're not getting their security deposit back, but they don't want their security deposit back. They knew that when they when they signed up for this, that this yeah. is what was going to happen, yeah. right? They, yeah. They knew there was no coming back, and they mm-hmm. so far it's worked out great for them. Yeah. So what Polinus is able to do is pick the field of battle. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, which is a kind of a, a clever way for him to mm-hmm. overcome. And he's he's a Roman general. He's well-trained. He's smart guy. He's clever. He's a mm-hmm. career military guy. So he picks a very narrow valley where he can get his guys across oh. kind of the, the the Spartans at Thermopylae kind of thing, right? Exactly, yeah. I'm massively outnumbered, mm-hmm. so I'm going to present the smallest possible front to you. Mm-hmm. So you have to funnel your entire, like, mm-hmm. disorganized, long-haired dudes. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with being long-haired. Not, I was going to say barbarian, but then I felt yeah. all, like, weird about it. So well, I, was... <laughs> I mean, barbarian from the Roman point of view, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, there were just a bunch of giant a bunch of guys a bunch of peoples bunch of big muscled dudes who were mad and they had a had the axe that they used to cut down Uh trees in their backyard and now they're hacking up roman soldiers with it yeah so he funnels them into a valley you know it ends up being kind of to keep the like hair metal analogy going it becomes one of these like just anarchy on the attacker's side uh-huh. the defenders are very organized the roman yeah. legions have been doing this for a long time they're organized they're... can i just pause for a moment to say like in this particular context the romans are the defenders yes 
They're the last line of defense. They're the underdogs. It's a little counterintuitive, but that's right. actually in this specific context, that's what's happening. The you know the Romans are the defenders, even though we're in Britannia or in the Britain. And now the story kind of changes a little bit to where like we have this one last bastion of like Roman, uh, and they're outnumbered, and they're they've got their backs mm -hmm. against the wall, and they've got to like fight this rampaging horde of barbarians. And it's the thing that we've talked about at the open of this yeah. episode. Yeah. which is that like it's all in how you want to frame the story right she's the hero until she kills enough civilians that she's the villain right if that revenge starts taking you into scenarios where you're lining up women and children and decapitating them suddenly it's yeah. a little bit harder to be sympathetic yeah. towards you yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she was really mad and i get it she i totally was, I get mean, it yeah. i totally yeah, yeah. understand yeah. her like, point we, of view in this get, but we get where she's coming from but still from suetonius paulinus's point of view this is not good yeah so <laughs> i gotta yeah i gotta i gotta save the last few roman citizens remaining <laughs> on this island yeah i gotta not get executed for failure i gotta not be captured and sacrificed mm -hmm. by Bodica and her people. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so Suetonius Paulinus, being Roman, kind of figures out what he needs to do, which is to say, okay, I've got an army and we're organized. And, oh, hey, there's this narrow valley. Then what happens? Well, the Iceni attack, or the, now it's it's the Britons, yeah. right? It's, yeah, yeah. it's a whole yeah. conglomerate of all of these tribes, and they attack, and the Roman line holds. And they drive back just the first wave of Iceni attackers, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're not going to be able to withstand 120,000. I think some of the numbers were saying something like 70,000 or 60,000 or whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter. A Lots monstrously of... huge yeah. outnumbering you force of... Ginormous. Right. And you're not going to kill them all, right? You're, you're yeah. not going to win this if they stay yeah. organized. But what happens is Suetonius has picked this this narrow valley where he can hold and his front line holds against their front line mm -hmm. and their front line starts to fall back, but there's nowhere to fall back to because you've got this huge Eesh. rampaging horde of people all crushed into this narrow valley oh, and ugh. they start to yeah. run. Ugh. And then the guys who are in the second line are seeing the guys from the first line all dying and wounded and bloodied, like running away. So they start to run. And then what we talked about before where they're traveling with like, their families and their baggage mm -hmm. trains yeah. and their women and children yeah. and all this stuff. And that's all in the back yeah. of this valley. And so they can't even flee the valley because all the wagons and horses and all this stuff, all the logistical things that go into moving an army are in the back of this valley. So the front wave can't even exit. And all of a sudden Oof. you Oof. have people being crushed, trampled as they try to run out of like a rock concert when there's a fire happening, Ooh. you know, like it's a, yeah. it becomes chaos very quickly and yeah. <laughs> people start panicking and that's contagious with an army and mm -hmm. the Isene and the Britons are defeated. Like I want to say heroically by well, this very small Roman force that had know, no business defeating them in battle. Yeah, yeah. And it's this yeah. kind of hodgepodge group of Romans that were cobbled together at the last minute yeah. by the dude who like wasn't this guy definitely did some bad stuff in Britain, but he wasn't the guy responsible for making Bodica mad. No, that was the in. other guy. Yeah. yeah. That guy's long gone, right? He's yeah, defending yeah. the last vestiges of civilization on the island, yes, right? He understands it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bodica is defeated. She is defeated. At this battle. She, yeah, her forces are defeated. She is defeated. Yes. So what do you do? 
if you're a queen and general and the Romans defeat you. But she lives. She's not captured at this battle, right? She lives yeah. and she she gets away and like a decent portion of this army gets away, but it's yeah. they're routed enough that it's it's kind of over for them. Yeah, it's they, pretty clear that this is this is the end of it. So what do you do? Do you just kind of go quietly into retirement and like keep bees or do knitting or something? Just kind of hope that this Suetonius Paulinius guy is going to be nice and be gracious in victory. <laughs> yeah. Or he, then he just kind of like goes off and like his attention is directed elsewhere. Well, He'll probably be fine. I'll just surrender to Nero. I'm sure that guy will be lenient uh, with me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, But in defeat, she, rather than submit to the Romans or anything like that or face whatever was going to happen, she drank poison. According to some sources, according to some other sources, she just, quote unquote, got sick, hmm. which, eh, which... That happens, right? That happens. Happens if you drink poison. <laughs> Why might she drink poison? Um, maybe she knows that if the Romans capture her, she might be paraded and humiliated mm -hmm. as one of their triumphs. Very easily, right? That happens. They put you on the, yeah. the first float in the parade going through the city of Rome to like <laughs> oh, celebrate yeah. their victory against you, right? Like, I'd rather be dead, you know? <laughs> yeah. So even though our sources are not consistent on how she perished, personally, I like the version where she takes control of things and says, okay, I'm exiting my way. Mm -hmm. yeah. It seems the most likely to me, you know. I think so, yeah. She seems to me like someone who doesn't do things by halves. No. So, yeah. Later, like, I mean, like many centuries later, her story is inspiring people. And when Queen Elizabeth I was queen, um, there was a little bit of a resurgence of Boudicca. And when Victoria was queen in the 19th century, there was also kind of a resurgence of Boudicca as kind of a, a symbol of British pride and also as a symbol of, hey, we've got a woman leader. Yeah. Powerful British women opposing like foreign rule, yeah. opposing like imperial domination over their island from outsiders. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very, yeah. There's, a, yeah, there's probably been a dozen British warships called the, the HMS Boudicca, right? Yeah. And like I said, there's a statue built of her. Exactly. Within like a hundred yards of Big Ben, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very heroic. It's not a, let's remember this horrible person who did this terrible thing to our city. It is like a, let's look at this kick-ass woman who did some badass yeah. shit and was from around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's Bodica. She's a very interesting and complicated yeah. character, but but really a cool historical figure and definitely badass. Oh, very badass. Yes. But do you think she yeah. was a great defender of her people or like a homicidal maniac? She's, those are, I could argue both of those things being badass. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to give a shout out to Caitlin Gillespie at Brandeis. It has a book out from Oxford University Press called Bodica, Warrior Woman of Roman Britain which helped me a lot. Gibbon talks about her in the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. For primary sources, a primary as they get, you like you said, they were, yeah. these were still written a couple hundred years after she died by people who never met her. Uh, we have uh, Cassius Dio and Tacitus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, um, 
I guess that's all we have for today. Stay badass. Yeah, stay badass. Stay badass. Stay badass, but like don't actually murder people. We don't really want to encourage anybody to like make goblets out of the skulls of their enemies or burn major human settlements to the ground. Yeah. I mean, go to go to Target, spend a few bucks, get one of those like mugs that's shaped like a skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put some whiskey in it. Have a drink. Yeah. Chill out. You know, sleep it off. You'll you'll probably feel better in the morning. Unless you're underage, because I okay, because heaven forfend some of my students might be listening to this. If you are underage, do not drink actual literal whiskey. Put like I don't know, boba tea in it or something. <laughs> I do love boba tea as a substitute for whiskey. I think it's. I'm totally on board. I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's all we got for today. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. (laughs) Thank you. Badass of the Week is an iHeartRadio podcast produced by High Five Content. Executive producers are Andrew Jacobs, me, Pat Larish, and my co-host, Ben Thompson. Writing is by me and Ben. Story editing is by Ian Jacobs, Brandon Fibbs, Mixing and music and sound design is by Jude Brewer. Special thanks to Noel Brown at iHeart. Badass of the Week is based on the website badassoftheweek.com, where you can read all sorts of stories about other badasses. If you want to reach out with questions, ideas, you can email us at badasspodcast at badassoftheweek.com. If you like the podcast, subscribe, follow, listen, and tell your friends and your enemies if you want, as we'll be back next week with another one. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.